It looks like unknown caller is on. Let's see, let me type this in and unmute you. Hello, how's it going, Test. unknown caller? Testing, testing. Can you hear me? I hear you. Chris, Sounds it's like John uh, Lebon from. Uh, yeah, it's John Lebon here, my friend. Uh, good to finally get a chance to speak to you. Hey, man, I'm glad you called in. Cool. Um, I watched. That's funny that I've just watched your, um, I think, most recent video that you came out with. It was like last, not too long after I did the last call. The one about the Egypt amusement park. Ancient Egypt is an amusement park. Uh, no, not that one. I haven't, I haven't caught that one yet. Um, it was the one about war. That's it. So uh, I, I went into a little bit talking about war on the call. And then I went looking online and it's like, oh, John LeBond's got a video. So you did a, you did a video on war. That's one I watched. Well, that's one of the topics what, that I've been speaking yeah. about lately. And uh, can I say, man, it's quite a, a privilege and an honor to get a chance to speak to you because yourself and Marcus Allen were pioneers in Media Fakery, what, eight years ago when you started doing all these, uh, these shows? So I feel like uh, you guys, like those of us who are into this topic now, like we owe you a debt of gratitude, I think, for, uh, for being at the front of this so long ago. So, uh, so thank you, Chris, for, for everything that you did all those years ago. Oh, I well, appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think I was fairly early into uh, a lot of this discussion. Um, but well, who, was you know, you? Was... who was before you and Marcus Allen? I'm, I'm not aware of anything. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys were at the front. As far as like uh, sort of ongoing conversation or podcast, I... I, I'm not aware other than um, like if you would include uh, the uh, Paula Gloria and Nico Haupt and uh, those people that were talking about fakery around that time. Uh, there was like a, what's his name? Ger Gerard Holgram. I think he was one of the very first people to come out with uh, fakery on 9-11. He was some musician guy. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, and then, of course, like Simon Shack and watching September Clues is what got me on board with the idea. And then I went actively, after I saw September Clues, I actively sought out people to discuss the topic with. And that's when I ran across Marcus. And I believe he was. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, I believe I found him through Paula Gloria because he was he called in that's where I either either that or through a forum I can't remember exactly it's been a long time ago but I think that was like around 2007 yeah well the truth is I don't really know anything about Paula Gloria is this is it that's a lady I'm assuming from the name she's out of New York City and she does a I don't think she still does it. She did a cable access program for a long is time. Is she still active? Maybe still is she still it. in the scene or like whatever happened to her? She may be. I, have, I haven't checked checked on her in, in a while. <clears throat> she may well be still still active. But she 
was one of the first people that I've ever heard talk about 9-11 fakery. And she's been on Howard Stern and stuff talking about it. She's some somehow affiliated with Howard Stern. And so she's she's well known as far as being uh, a whack pack. I don't know if you're familiar with Howard Stern, but like he would have the he would regularly bring on people that mainly like kind of objects of ridicule. Like, oh, look at this crazy character that we pulled out of the alley, you know, and he'd have him on the show. And but Paula Gloria was like considered like, yeah, oh, his wacky lady that believes that there were no planes on nine. That's how Howard uh, Howard Stern presented her. Which is kind of interesting, but um, I mean, she seemed pretty sincere to me because a lot of people believe that she was some sort of like a controlled opposition plant or something like that. Uh, I I've never I don't no I don't think I've ever spoken to her directly, but Marcus had um, called into her show, I think a couple of times. Yeah, I don't know anything about Paula Gloria. And as for Howard Stern, I've never been a listener, but someone did send me like a five-minute clip a couple of weeks ago of Howard Stern punking Marcus Allen. <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember this or if you saw this at the time, but uh, I think it was Howard Stern or one of his um, minions called into Marcus Allen pretending to be some old guy. <laughs> oh, really? And Marcus was, Marcus was yeah, this was years ago. And Marcus uh, clued on to, like, after about five minutes, Marcus is like, this is exactly what Howard Stern would do. I think he's punking us. And he was right. He, uh, he, ha- he happened to detect that the caller was, uh, was punking him. And uh, someone sent me, like, the MP3 file of this. And yeah. it was very amusing. So, so next time I speak to Marcus Allen, which hopefully, I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate. I spoke to him twice in December and I uh, released podcasts at johnlepon.com based on those interviews. So hopefully I get a chance to speak to him again and I'll be like, uh, Marcus, let me play you this clip. Do you remember this? And uh, what are your thoughts? Because it was uh, rather amusing. And, and he, he noticed it too. Like sometimes when people are getting punked, they don't know it. The Marcus, man, he, he worked oh. it out. This is, uh, this is a Howard Stern style gag. Yep, that's exactly what it was. So yeah, good times. <laughs> good times. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm yeah. familiar with that particular incident, but... Uh, yeah, that's basically how, yeah, I, yeah, first, and then, where was Mark, where, uh, I was trying to remember, I think, yeah, Marcus was just on uh, Talk Shoe, and uh, I would regularly call in, and there was a group of guys that were regulars calling in and talking to Marcus, and, uh, and then, um, I, had a couple of people tell me that, oh, yeah, you should do your own thing. And then uh, that's kind of got me into doing the podcast. Um, my own deal. And uh, there was uh, some, some other, a couple other guys that branched off and started their own, but they didn't stay with it very long. Um, i ask you a question, Chris. I don't mean to interrupt. Whatever happened to Tim from Canada? Because... There's uh, one call in particular that you did with Tim uh, from Fakeologist, Tim from Canada, a, a different one, I think. I've had, they're different people. And uh, also Marcus Allen was on the call, the four of you. 
and it's it's now known as pay for truth question mark and it was where marcus was going through this idea of is it okay to have a paywall is it better to have a paywall etc and uh, we know yeah. where you are you're here now which is fantastic we know where ab is he's still a fakeologist that's great uh, we know where marcus is he's like kind of left the scene but he's still here if you get what i'm trying to say but whatever happened to the other team that's what i want to know uh yeah it was tim from dc that's the one yep him yeah okay and um yeah he would he would call in regular like every time like every time like so yeah he was one of the regular uh participants early on and um from what i gather he got a got into reading like manly p hall and kind of kind of got enamored with that and then kind of like i guess then he was kind of like oh well i'm kind of like on board with this now so i'm not that's the kind of a i mean i could maybe he's not now i don't know what what his situation is now but that was like the last uh kind of couple of calls like it, it seemed like he was reading manly p hall and was like kind of getting into it seemingly or maybe i'm misinterpreting what he's but um yeah if, if you go back and listen and those like you might know what I'm talking about. And then he just... This is a Manly P. Hall guy. Someone pointed out to me the other day. Think about that name, right? Hall, H-A-L-L. Mm. Depending on how you pronounce it, it sounds like Hole as in H-O-L-E. Now, if you were to replace Hall with Hole, think about that name. Oh, right. Manly, Manly P. Hall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that just a coincidence? Uh, I, I don't know. May not I be. I don't know, man. Seems just kind of like a suspicious. stage name or I don't know. I've read some of this stuff. Like I've read some here and there, you know, out of curiosity. And um, I've, I've talked about this before, like, especially like Albert Pike or some of those writings. I was like, this is nothing but just gobbledygook to me. It was like, this is just, just a lot of it's just like word salad and just nonsense, like no real good insights to anything. Um, that's the kind of, that's my thoughts and opinions on that. Um, so I really, it was kind of puzzled me, like why Tim would re pick that up and start reading it and like, start really getting into it. But, um, maybe, maybe that's just my bias. I don't know. So if I'm hearing you right, like you're kind of intimating that he got into, let's just call that the occult for, for want of a better term. You're right. Like it sounds like you're suggesting that Tim from DC uh, got into this occult field of inquiry and then left media fakery behind or left hoax busting behind. Is that like is that kind of where you're going with that? I don't know that for sure. All I I'm just referring to like what what I recall is kind of the last uh, calls I remember participating with him on. And that's what he it seemed like he was into that and but didn't seem to want to like go into it too much, but it seemed like he was into it. And I, I can only speculate that that's, that was why he quit doing the calls. Oh, he but never even sent you an email or anything to, to tell you. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't like, we, you know, I've had a couple of other, like, um, like, uh, Jan Eric, a uh, couple of guys yeah, that have, you know, quit 
quit coming on the calls and stuff. Yeah, it's probably, you know, for different reasons. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I try not to be a babysitter to anybody, you know, it's like, but I, I do want to know, I, I do want to know, you know, how they're doing. I talked to, um, John Eric on a email. It wasn't too long ago. It's been a while though, but, uh, yeah, so. Jan Eric is another name that I've heard other people refer to, but I don't know uh, personally. So a lot of these guys have come along and, and uh, made their impact, whatever impact that might be, and they've disappeared before I really got involved. And I think it's a shame. Like, I would love if these people came, like, they don't have to come back forever, but just come back for a call. Call into Chris next week, you know what I mean? Yeah, cool. yeah if they're out there listening, that, that'd be great. Yeah. So I just call in, call in once, like not just myself, but a heap of other people. We'd love to listen to that chat. Jan, Eric, and uh, Tim from DC, and anybody else who used to be on your show, like why not just call in once and, and just let us know, you know, how things are going? Why, why not? I don't yeah. get it. I don't understand how people just disappear like that. Yeah, I could think of a few others too off the top of my head, like uh, Cave Monk Dave. Uh, I get an email from him occasionally. Uh, and then... Um, there's uh, um, I want to say Dwayne. That's I know that's not his name though. Out out of uh, Texas, the the goat guy. You always call in. Um, his name will pop in my head in a second. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Just like Listen, some people. I don't want to take all your time, man. I um, I'm just calling in. It's uh, coming up on midday Tuesday here in I'm in Chiang Mai, Thailand, in northern Thailand. And uh, I don't oh, you're in Thailand time. now? <clears throat> yeah, I'm in Thailand. I, I just spent uh, three months in Hanoi. And uh, the way that visas work, you've, you've kind of got to move on uh, every couple of months. So yeah. I'm finally here in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is kind of like it's renowned as the mecca for so-called digital nomads, people who make money on the internet and, and travel around. So yeah. it's kind of been on my radar for, for years. I'm finally here, so it's pretty sweet. So... I've been uh, out very late for the last week. So if it sounds, if I sound a little bit rusty, that's why. But the main reason I wanted to call you, Chris, was firstly just to say thank you for all the work you've done. I've been going back through your archives, you and Marcus Allen. Some of your calls, man, you and Marcus from like seven years ago, it, they're ahead, the, the conversation is ahead of where most people are today. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's, it's incredible, actually, how far ahead you guys were. Yeah, I think we... Um... I know that, like Marcus, really opened op- opened my thinking up to go down uh, a lot of roads I probably wouldn't have went down without were it not for him. And uh, yeah, so I think it was really really good uh, stint there. Like when we had those calls, Bro, you guys worked well together because he was kind of like the crazy skeptic. Not that that's how he would want to be. Um described or how I would want to be described, but that's to most people that's how it would have seemed. And you were like the straight guy, but you weren't shutting him down. You were more just like, you know, yeah, this and this and this. And then Marcus would be like, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. And yeah, the two of you worked, uh, worked really well. And I, I'm not going to ask you about it now on the air live about, you know, how that all um, dissipated, but he and I had chatted about sort of how all that came to an end in about early 2015, I think. So he and I spoke last month and I was like, uh, Marcus, according to my research, you guys, you know, we're, we're chatting up until about uh, January 2015 or, or, or thereabouts, and then it all just stopped. And 
and we chatted about that. But that's not what I want to ask you about, Chris. If it's cool with you, I'd love to ask you about this uh, Suleimani event. Supposedly, the Orange Man sent a drone to fire a missile at some Iranian guy in Baghdad, and now we're on the cusp of World War Three, and tensions are rising. Now, to me, Chris, this is all a complete hoax from start to finish. So I'm wondering what your take on all of this is. I The only familiarity I have with that was like on your video, just seeing like, and then the image like they show on there. I was like, yeah, that looks, I, I mean, you can't really tell a lot from it. But yeah, as far as someone saying, I don't know why anybody would come to any other conclusion then it's some some sort of staged event because that's hasn't that been the case with every single war that we've ever gotten to in the past some do some staged hoaxed event you know just about like if you talk about vietnam or you talk about uh well i'm not saying this necessarily means that there's going to be a war forthcoming because I, I i don't know um the the only thing i know i mean i i did talk i had a conversation uh with um with a friend about this uh, a couple of months ago and um i ran across some stuff that uh, they're saying they reopened a base over there in the mid east and they're they were amassing troops and they've been doing they've been doing this for like the past couple of years and staging troops over there and some base i think near saudi arabia somewhere that they had been decommissioned and they reopened it and they, and they've been staging stuff and sending troops over there. I don't think, I don't believe that they do that for no reason. So I, I believe that the, that this has been in the works for some time, whether it's some sort of like invasion of Iran, Iran or, and there, and there, and there's going to be, but before they announce it though, it'll be just like, you know, they did with Iraq and stuff where it's like, Oh, well, you know, some kind of a, well, they blamed Iraq, they blamed 9-11 on Iraq. But but the thing, it's like, it's, it was like some big, you know, high profile staged event. So it's, it's open-ended. Like they could have, they could have done any kind of military action off 9-11. It didn't really make any difference. They they said, oh, the terrorists, because it was like finding Waldo, like in the book where you like, oh, there he is. Oh, there's a. Oh, we see the terrorist over there. Let's go over there. And they, and they drop. I was listening to like what your your video, and you have Dave J on there, and he's and and he's saying, well, no one dies, no one gets hurt. Well, I, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that. But he did say something I agree with is like, yeah, it's it's mainly strategic re- relocation, and um, something else like you, your demolition, strategic relocation demolition. and demolition, demolition. Yeah, and. And I've I've said that about war. I've said that's like probably the main one of the main um, motivations for war is that is to is to redistribute people and relocate people. But but I would I would I would contend that um, yeah people die in the process and uh, uh, I, I base that on just multiple conversations I've had with people over the years. Totally in fairness to Dave, to he, he does say that people can it. die. He's like, what, what Dave says, and I've got a clip of it on my channel, like I've uploaded the video, because I had an interview with him in 2018, and there's a key section of the interview where I uploaded that, where he explained, because one of the members of my website was on the call, and he was like, 
Dave, you say that no one dies, no one gets hurt, but how about the Wounded Warrior Project? How about these people that come back injured? And, and this guy says to him, like, are these crisis actors? And Dave Jay's like, no, they're not crisis actors. What happens is if you get a, a large bunch of men, mostly men, working in a high, uh, fast-moving job in, in uh, construction and demolition, then you're going to have accidents. But that's not the same as war. So I, I don't think Dave Jay is claiming that no one dies or gets hurt in so-called war, just that these uh, accidents or these injuries, they're not war-related. They're not people shooting at each other. They're not two armies squaring off in a fight to the death. There's no one in trenches bayoneting each other. Like That's all just fantasy, is I think, I think what Dave Jay is putting forward. Yeah, but I mean, what is... Yeah, that's the question that came to my mind is like, what, like, what is the, is there a principle or something that he's basing this on? Like, like the idea that staged events, nobody can get hurt in real life. That's somehow a violation of some principle or something like that. What is he, what is his, what is his thinking on that? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Dave J, he claims to have been in the Navy himself. And so what he's saying is that in all of his time there, Obviously, he didn't go to war, but his, under, his understanding, his belief is that all there is is strategic relocation and demolition. There's no actual live fighting, and there never has been live fighting. World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea, never any real live fighting. There's never two or more armies squaring off. Now, for me, this makes sense to me because I don't believe that the people who run the show have outliers. I don't believe North Korea is a rogue nation. I don't believe... Iran is a rogue nation. I mean, do you? I mean, does anyone listening to the Hostbusters call believe that? That there's a group of people who control most of the countries, but there's just a few more countries they don't control, and they're, they're trying to take them over. Like, does anyone really believe that? I don't. I used to, but I don't anymore. No, I don't. And I, uh, but like I say, like, during the... It, but you look at wars in the past, or what we're told about wars, it's really on its face absurd like they would say oh they would run uh, this uh, they would go out into the middle of a field and they would have like like in the case of the revolutionary war they have like the red coats on one side and then the um you know the uh, what do they call them <laughs> the revolutionaries on the other side and they would just line up in ranks and shoot at each other and and um i think what it is on one level is like a, it's like a demonstration of power and, and an exercise of the power to demonstrate how much power that these people perceived as government have over the mind, over people's minds. And I, and I think from time to time that that has to be grounded in something and that, and that that's one way to do it. How many people, I mean, they lie all the time about you know, how many people die or whatever, but I think, I think that actually happens and that's part of war. And, but I've, but I pointed this out too, like a lot, like you'll hear this and even it's admitted, it's officially admitted that uh, many, many casualties of war are friendly fire to this day, even with all the walkie talkies and equipment and stuff they have, they still like have a lot of deaths from friendly fire they call it yeah well i was listening to a call that you had with marcus i think your last ever call and i think it was january 2015 but don't quote me on that but uh, this is the topic you guys were talking about and and marcus and you were discussing this idea of well how many people get killed in in uh, iraq or afghanistan 
And do you know how Marcus used to like to look things up while you were chatting? So he mm-hmm. looked it up. From memory, he, he looked it up while you're talking, and it was maybe a few hundred, maybe a couple thousand, but not not that many. And it's like, well, how many were friendly fire? And then Marcus brought up to you this idea that the the military they fake the um, services, the memorial services, and he gave you this uh, news story where the the U.S. military, and don't ask me what department, I can't remember off the top of my head, but some some element of the military were, would have a plane that they would roll out, and they would have uh, you know military people walk coffins off the plane, but there's nobody in the coffins. But it gets even more comical. The planes themselves can't fly. They're literally just used for the purpose of rolling them out to have the fake coffins walked off. And this was in a mainstream news article. So I think the point that Marcus was making with that article and the point that I, I now make when I refer to that article is like, they're telling us that the coffin's are empty. They're even telling us that the planes can't fly. It seems like a wag-the-dog-style joke, Chris, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It seems like a joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that had to do, if I remember correctly, about... So you have, like, the, the missing in action. Like, oh, you, so you have somebody, like, a loved one that goes to the Vietnam, and no one knows what happened to them. They're not, their, their body is not found or whatever. So they're missing in action. They're MIA. And, the, and I think that ceremony had something to do with, like, they'll, the, the military will claim that they found the remains, and then they'll, they'll run these, these uh, ceremonies and stuff, sort of just symbol, like a, like a ceremonial thing. And then they'll, you know, quote unquote, lay the person to rest. And then it's like, okay, it's officially case closed. We found, a, you know, a piece of their skull fragment and a DNA checks out and whatever. And it could be completely, that could be completely fabricated. But it's still, it still, the remains that the, the loved one is gone. And I, and I, and the, the corroborating evidence I have for that is like, I, I, my friend in elementary school, like his dad, you know, died in Vietnam. He said it was, you know, his helicopter was shot down. Uh, my dad had a big scar on his arm where he, he was shot in Vietnam. Had this big, huge scar on his shoulder. Um, like, so there's that. I mean, those are personal accounts. And then I've, t- I've spoken to several people just, you know, unrelated to any discussion about, you know, whether war is fake or whatever. Just, you know, unsolicited accounts of people told me about being in Iraq and being in firefights and stuff with uh, insurgents or whatever and witnessing the explosive devices going off and killing their friends, stuff like that. And it's like, what is that? Is that just street theater, like just especially delivered to me for, 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 for the idea that I may in the future talk about it one day? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I got I got a ride from a guy one time, and he was stationed in uh, in Afghanistan, and he and he was talking about the uh, explosive devices and stuff. Like, so they're going down the road, and the, and then and the shit just the the vehicle just blows up, you know, from something that was planted on the road. He was talking about that. It's like I didn't I didn't know the guy. I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what reason would he have just to make up a story just to tell me? To, to like I don't see why he had any, any reason to impress me or like or anything like that just for for no reason. You yeah, know I what I mean? So That's where I'm coming was from. Shot at, was your father shot at by like the enemy in Vietnam? That's how he got the scar. 
I don't know if it was, yeah, see, I don't know if it was by the enemy. And then again, too, like, it, let's say it was uh, officially an enemy fire, and that's what, uh, that's that's how he got injured. Then it was like, how would you prove that, though? How would you say that wasn't another case of friendly fire, or um, that's the thing. I like, you, you know, you don't, uh, but they call it the fog of war, too. Like, they say, oh, like, yeah, they, you know, they rounds start going off and stuff gets stuff is getting blown up and then the firefights going on and stuff and they call it the the fog of war it's like oh it's, stuff gets confused and people accidentally get shot and then they talk about that too so uh but um yeah i'm, I'm just going well that's off the thing like if you come back from a tour accounts. whether it's um vietnam or afghanistan or whatever if you come back and you have had an accident in a jeep or in a construction site, and you have, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a scar or an, uh, an injured limb or a missing limb or something, uh, do you want to go and tell everyone, oh, I went to some foreign country on the pretense of war, and I got injured in a construction accident? Probably not. So, uh, look, I don't know the case of your father. I'm not speaking about your father. I, that's I, You know him, I don't. But just in general, if people do get injured in construction or demolition overseas under the pretense of war, are they going to come back and be telling people about that? Or are they going to be happy for people to assume they got injured in battle? I think a lot of people would would go with the latter. They're quite happy to go with the, oh, no, I was injured in, in battle, when really there was no battle going on. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Um, yeah, like I'll give, I'll give mean, you an I example. See... When, I was at, when I was at university, yeah. I studied in, in Brisbane at a university. I met one guy. There. He, was, he was a nice guy. I was, like, I was younger than him. He was, he was a mature age student. And uh, one day we were in class together. And he invited myself and other people in our group. There was a group of, I think we were four, each group. The, the trio put us into groups of four. And he's like, hey, guys, you want to go and get a beer? And I was like, yeah, man, that's a great idea. And uh, I think one of the group joined us, but one didn't. So anyway, this guy's telling us about this um, scar on his nose, which I hadn't even really noticed. But then he pointed it out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see it. And he, he was telling us that it happened from uh, being uh, in, a, in a fight. And I'm like, wow, that's full on. He's like, yeah, the guy got a metal bar and hit me, and then I hit him. And I'm like, whoa. That is full on. I found out later, after a few beers, no, it was from uh, having a, a melanoma or some kind of um, sun-related supposed you know, cancer or whatever. It was plastic surgery that he had done. You know what I mean? Nothing to do with the fight. Mm-hmm. Now, he's just one guy. That doesn't prove anything. But like, people are lies, man. You know, people will lie about stuff. And, and in, oh, this yeah. guy's case, in this guy's case, he'd had something removed from his nose and... And he wanted people to think it was from a fight rather than, oh, I had, had um, plastic surgery done to, to replace the part of my nose that was missing. So when I see these people or I hear of these people who, oh, they've come back injured and this happened to them, this happened, I'm like, okay, maybe, but is it possible that they're lying? And I know for a fact that people do lie. It, I never used to understand how much people lie. I, it's only been the last few years of my life that I've come to understand, holy shit, all these people around me, they just lie. They lie like fish swim, you know. It's their mm-hmm. nature. I never really used to understand that. Yeah. The only thing, the only, the problem I have with 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 that this whole idea is like, just like I was asking earlier, like what, like is there some principle or something by which, like they can't take the the common, you know, ple- plebeians and line them up against each other and have them have a few of us shoot each other. I don't, I don't, 
as part of the as oh, part of the could. agenda. They could. Oh, I think they yeah, could. I think they could. I don't have I'm a problem with that. Like, why would they? They don't need to. Like, I don't believe the elite are evil, mind you. I used to, but now I don't see them as evil. I see them as like jokers, clowns, jesters. Why do they need to have us kill each other? Like, if someone believes the elite's evil, fine. They have the masses line up and kill each other. Okay, fine. But I don't. I don't think they are evil. I think they. I think they're jokers, man. I think that's why they do a lot of what they do. It's. It's like a joke. That's why they gave us the movie Wag the Dog. I think Wag the Dog, Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, William H Macy, Kirsten Dunst. That was like one of her first ever films. In that film, you know, you know what her uh, character does? She's a crisis actress, a literal mm-hmm. crisis actress. They pay her to pretend that she's this Albanian uh, war refugee or something. And you've got the Dustin Hoffman character, the director in, like in the film, he's a director, a producer. And he's the one directing the, the fakery of this war. And he's like, uh, I, think we, we need a, I think we need a lake. And they put a lake, like they're, in real time, they're faking this scene of her, you know, running from this war, they've got the sound effects, the fake bombing, and they're like, I think she needs a cat. Give her a Coleco cat. So they, they, digitally, they digitally overlay a Coleco cat into her arms to make her more uh, lovable as this poor Albanian war refugee, right? And this is in a movie from 1997. They're showing us with an all-star cast the fakery of war. I think that's I don't think that's by accident, man. I don't think this just happened by by accident. And that movie was based on a book that was written several years prior. That that in that book, the fake war is in Albania. The fake war is in Iraq. Can you believe Oh that? really? Yeah, uh, big I only found that that, that particular uh, element, I only found that a few days ago from one of the members of my website. So I think uh, I think these people are jokers and jesters. I don't think they're evil. But but if someone says to me, no, nah, JLB, the, the elites are evil, okay, fine. Like, I can't, we can't argue about it. It's, I guess it's a matter of perspective. But I don't think they need us to line up and shoot each other. And I think if we did that, it would just cause more problems for them. Like, that, how does that help them? That just, no, that would cause issues. It's much easier if it's all just a big dance. You know what I mean? This army goes to the left. The army on the other side goes to the left. They move away. You know what I mean? It's like a dance. It's like a ballet. You know? And then they, they're trained and they're given weapons and they think they're on tour. And they think they're there to fight the enemy, but in reality, no, you're just guarding, you're just guarding territory. And the boys behind you are, are building stuff and demolishing other stuff. It's all just a big dance, is how it seems to me. Uh, what, what are you? What are your thoughts on like, um, let's say the Mayans and human sacrifice? Do you think any of that happened, like uh, back in no, history? No, no, I don't. I don't believe any of ancient civilization. Like I don't believe there ever was an ancient Egypt or an ancient Greece or an ancient Maya. Um, I used to listen to Jan Irvin, you know, Jan Irvin. I used to listen to him, and he always goes on about what was supposedly happening in, in South America. I forget the name of the the people that he used to refer to, but he's always talking about these mass human rituals and sacrifices. What I did mm-hmm. was I went and looked into the primary sources of this book, because there's some book he always refers to. I forget it now. This is going back a few years, but he used to always refer to this book, and I'm like, this book seems to, to be the basis of Jan's claims about these human sacrifices. I'll go look into it. So I, I tracked down the book, and then I tried to track down where does this book come from? Okay, so like who originally got the original book or wrote it? Who translated it? Well, what is the provenance? What is the chain of custody of this book? It doesn't go back more than 100 years or so. Like it's a hoax. Like all of these supposed ancient texts that we have from Greece or Egypt or whatever, they don't go back more than a couple hundred years tops, right? Like people think, oh, mm. Plato 
you know, Plato was around a couple thousand years ago. Okay, maybe he was. But if you try and find a book about Plato, the book that you're going to hold in your hands, <clears throat> pardon me, the book that you're going to hold in your hands from your library is going to be maybe 20 years old, okay? It'll say published 1988 or something. And then you're like, okay, cool. So where did they, the book that I'm reading is a copy of something. What's the copy? And they'll say, oh, it's, it, this is based on some dude's translation from 1912. And if you try and track down that dude's translation, which you can thanks to archive.org, track down that translation, you're like, okay, bro, what's your translation based on? Oh, it's based on this um, German translation from the original from 1830. Okay, I'm going to go track that down. You track down that translation, and that translation doesn't give a source. There is no explanation. Here's how we know what Plato wrote. We found these tablets. We found this uh, ancient scroll. There's none of that. None. Zero. It just starts telling the Plato story like it's a fictional tale. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And this happens mm -hmm. over and over and over with Plato, Herodotus, all of these people. I think it's all completely... Like, I think it's obvious. Once It's obvious to me because I've gone and looked at the sources, but like anyone who goes and looks at the sources, I'll be like, this is... You've, you've taken a whole bunch of fictional characters and passed them off as real, and today everyone believes it. Everyone believes that it was this ancient Greece or this ancient Egypt. I don't believe anymore, Chris. No, I used to, but now to me it's all just all fiction, all of it, the whole lot. Ancient Greece. So is that what you're talking about in your Greece. recent video? That's what I talk about heaps. Like my most, my latest video is mm. a clip from a, a member call that I did a couple of days ago. And I was chatting with a, a long-term member of my site, and we were talking about... Uh, actually, bro, we were talking about your chat with Marcus. Do you remember how Marcus uh, raised with you the issue of Yellowstone, the Yellowstone uh, National Park, the guy, that geyser, Old Faithful? Do you remember? Any, I yeah, I called, the guy, I, I called the guy who wrote that article. <laughs> Did you hear that? I haven't heard that call, but, man, I've got to give you massive respect. Like, I don't know of anyone who, who has the... Not just the courage, but you're like, you. when you call these people, you're so calm and so, like, measured. Like, do you get nervous? I don't know if you still do those calls, but, like, in the past, did you used to get nervous calling these so-called experts? Because you know they're frauds, right? Like, do you get nervous calling them up? Uh, I, yeah, yeah, it's like anything, you know, you get a case of nerves. I mean, I've always been kind of like, uh, ever since I was young, I've always been kind of like, you know, a shy disposition. And so I kind of made made conscious decision like early on that, you know, I you know, I've, I've been in bands, I've been in stuff, and it was like it, like stage fright was this incapacitating to me just about. I could barely flunk, but I but I knew it was like if I want to do anything, I, I have to get past this to to a degree. So why not, you know, in the most extreme case, like being on stage or something, I would just force myself to do it. And it's like the same way with the calls. Like I'd be yeah really nervous. Especially like calling the, because I I made calls before I started even doing a podcast. There, I don't know if you like listen to some call like Marcus would always he would he would say that I'm Jeff Hill. I don't know if you ever caught that because Jeff Hill like he would do these recorded calls with people. He has some really good ones. You know he's talking to like people from Boeing and talking about the 9/11 stuff. But oh yeah yeah I get really nervous. But it just yeah just push past it. Because I think it was just my curiosity that kind of got the better of the situation, where it was like I really was just genuine, genuine, genuinely interested in what the person would say, not not really expecting them to like spill the beans or anything, but just you know, 
that's kind of what that's really what motivates me is just like just the curiosity like i what is this i'm going to call this person and i'm genuinely curious what they have to say and that's pretty much all there is to it i mean i just want to hear what they have to say more than anything well, you're, you're excellent. You're excellent at it, man. And like, I haven't listened to all your stuff. I'm now going back through the, the calls that you were Marcus from seven years ago are golden. So I'm slowly making my way through the, um, all the archives. But I remember like, you know, when you're new to all of this, there are certain people who sort of, they give you like a big, it's like, a, it's like heading across a lake to an island. And some people give you a big step, like a, a big step along the way. And a call that you had, you called some wannabe experts some wannabe scientists. And I forget exactly like what the guy's name was, but you weren't calling him to troll him or anything. You were just like calling him and you're like, okay, so what about this and what about that? And just hearing this guy, and I think it was linked to it, Fakeologist. I think Abbott linked to it. So that, that's how I came across it. And just listening to this guy, he had no answer, no convincing answers for anything. And like, he didn't, it didn't seem to me like you'd set him up. Like you were just asking really simple questions to the point where this guy had no idea that, that you were even skeptical of, of what he was saying. And just listen to this so-called expert who was clearly a, like he didn't know he's a fraud, but he of course he's a fraud. He had no answer to these questions. That was this is back in 2015. I think I listened to that call. It was like that was a huge step for me, Chris. Like people like you have done great work, and uh, and it's my hope that through me interviewing you guys or chatting with you guys or taking clips from your old work and then sharing it, like you guys will start to get the the gratitude you deserve. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you really were pioneers, and I'm appreciative of it. But bro, I can't talk all day. It's um, it's a quarter past twelve. Is it cool with you? I'll call in next week. I'll try and um, not go out the night before, and I'll call in next week. And uh, if if you're cool with it, we can we can have a longer chat. Or other people can call in, and I can shut up. It's it, it's your show, and uh, and I appreciate it. No, do call in. Uh, yeah, I plan on doing uh, Monday night calls regular. So uh, yeah, call in because I. I normally start them around eight, eight thirty, sometimes nine. But um, what time is that? Zone? You get, no, get notification. Middle, right? You're in the middle of the US, like the middle line, the middle time zone. That's correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Oklahoma right now. Oklahoma, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try and call in uh, a bit better. And uh, like, what's the best way people want to contact you? What's it, do you have like an email address that's that's good for people to to send through an email? Yeah, I have a, if, if you go to the blog at hoaxbusterscall.co, I have a contact link at the top. That's probably the easiest way. Yeah, because you, um, you lost your old domain, didn't you? you I've, I've heard you talk about how you didn't re-register it and some clown, some joker took your old domain or something. Yeah, the Chinese bought my domain and then they built a gambling site to park there and... No, I'm just kidding. I don't think they actually built a site specifically for that. But I guess they just snatch up domains, you know, because yeah. they could just glean whatever traffic that's going to it, redirect it to. It's like, I, I don't know why that's not illegal, but, you know, it seemed like that that would be somewhat regulated, but apparently not. Um, yeah. For the whole cyberspace and cyber squatting concept, like, okay, so I've got johnlebond.com, for instance, right? That's that's my main internet domain. And I own a few other domains, but that's my main one. I don't know who is responsible for that. If I own a property, like a real estate property in Australia, 
I, I get the idea with the councils and the state and if someone takes my property, like I, I have a basic idea of how that is sorted. But online property, who the hell is responsible for all of this? I don't know. So supposedly it's this group called ICANN, I-C-A-N-N. But who the hell are they? You know, and who's behind them? You know what I mean? So if there's a dispute over a domain, like I, I don't know the... Like firstly, I don't know if it's even possible to have laws about that. But if it is, who the hell enforces them? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I've got no idea. So, so much of what we do on the internet, I'm oblivious to what is actually behind it, if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I can't figure out how they'll have like some platform like YouTube, which is like a, or, or Twitter and these social media. And, and then they just overtly just right out front, just, um, you know, discriminate discriminate against certain content and just openly censor people. And can you, can say, you well, guess what was the be... topic that I discussed that got me deleted? There's one topic. My first YouTube channel got to like seven thousand subs, which for, for the topics that we discuss, that's pretty good. Uh-huh. But for our little niche, for media fakery, seven thousand that's pretty good. But my channel got deleted yeah. in January uh, by YouTube for violating community guidelines. Right. Do you, want to, do you want to guess what topic it was that got... I've covered heaps of topics, Chris, heaps. Do you want to guess what the topic was that actually got me finished on YouTube? It wasn't the holohoax. It was the um, you There's always people who are trying to tell you, you can't talk about the holohoax. Yes, you can. I've never been community guidelines stricken for that. But there is a topic that, that you can be uh, smacked for. You were going guess, to reveal to Colonel Sanders' 16... Uh, his original recipe, you were going to expose it. Bingo. <laughs> and uh, got you shut down. Yeah, that was the one, bro. Yeah, I, I, I no, Sandy Hook. The, the it was Sandy Hook, man, yeah. Sandy Hook. Oh, of course, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It wasn't Boston. It wasn't uh, 9-11. It wasn't the Holohoax. It wasn't Space Fakery, War Fakery. It wasn't uh, anything. It, w- it wasn't Flat Earth, uh, which, by the way, for your listeners who don't know me, I'm not a Flat Earther. I'm, I've, I've debunked Flat Earth more than anybody. Uh, other than yourself, Chris, you had that chat with Jeronism. Actually, before I go, can I ask you, do you remember your chat with Jeronism from uh, 20... I think this was 20... I want to say 2016. Do you remember that, that chat you had with him? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got, I got some flack for that from uh, different people. Not a whole lot, but I got a lot of, I got a lot of hate my <laughs> reviews and stuff for that. Yeah, those were the days, man, 2016. Yeah, listen, I could talk to you all day, Chris. I've got so much I would love to ask you about, but I have to go. But thank you very much for, for taking my call. And I'm so glad that you're back in the scene. And thank you for all the good work you did back in the day. Honestly, I mean that sincerely. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we can uh, we can talk again. And, and yeah, like I don't know what the deal is with you and Marcus, uh, but you guys used to do awesome work, man, awesome work. And uh, and people like myself, and there's a few others on my website, we're going back through your old chats, man, and we're really enjoying it. So uh, thank you very much for, for what you did, man. I appreciate it. But I have to go. So, Chris, have a good call. Have a good rest of the call. I'm looking forward to listening back All to right. you. And uh, thank you for bearing right, John, with me yeah. on this uh, <laughs> Tuesday. Last night was just a crazy night, man. I'm, I, need to, I need to stop. But uh, anyway, thank you, man. You have a good rest of your call, and thank you once again for everything, man. I appreciate it. All right, John. Thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate what you do too, man. Uh, thanks. That was uh, John LeBon from over Australia. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, that's good. He called in. Um, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, hopefully you could call in next time. We can go a bit, a little bit longer. Looks like I'm running up on nearly three hours. Yeah, if anybody else wants to call in, please do so. The numbers are at the top of TalkShoe.com. It's like a call-in uh, list. All kinds of different numbers that you can call in depending on which part of the country you're in now and stuff. So I, I think how it worked previously is that uh, you there was like one number and then like if you didn't have some kind of like international calling plan it would charge you money or something i don't know but now it's like they have numbers all over the place yeah cool john lebon have i don't remember have i even talked to john lebon before if i have it's been a long time ago that might be the first time i've even spoken to john lebon no, I like his I like his content. Um I really liked when he was going after the dinosaur people. Uh and then he was going to take a he was going to take a trip to a dinosaur park or something. And then um I, I don't know if that fell through or what. But I I don't, I don't remember what the follow up was on that. But yeah. He's got John Lebon what is this site? JohnLebon.com. I try to look it up. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, I don't agree on the war thing. I think people are trained enough that they could gladly go out and shoot each other. Um, like how much? I don't, I don't know. What degree of it's fake? I don't know. But I. I believe that people do get shot and blown up in wars. And uh yeah, johnlebon.com. Oh, he's got PK on there. Yeah, I was wondering what happened to PK. Yeah, he's got some interesting stuff on there. 2 hours and 52 minutes, 43 seconds. Folks Buzzers calls Monday, January the 13th.
double down on the split And just know when to quit Las Vegas dust Fortune or bust Over the mountains of the Lies a road to the lost city, right boldly if you seek it. When you see a mirage, the only thing that's real is the dirt that lies below it. And the dreamer, the love, knows he's sleeping. Las Vegas dust Fortune or bust Double down on the split Just know when to quit Las Vegas dust Fortune or bust Fortune or 